some of us have had the uh, the ability to actually see it in person, but most of us have probably seen it in in a book or in a documentary. But uh, there's a place in Rome called the Forum, uh, which is the remnant, the relic, uh, the excavation, uh, the ruin of what used to be the center of the whole world. The forum under the Caesars, under the Republic, was the seat of government, culture, religion, commerce. It was everything Rome was called to be. It was that place from which radiated out into the whole of the known world, Rome's kingdom, its power, its glory. And today, it's a, it's, it's a dusty uh, excavation. It's a, it's a remnant and a ruin of these glorious buildings, this, this idea that prospered for so long but collapsed under the weight of its own decadence and was destroyed by its own vanity. Um, but as you stand there and look at it, look down into it and you can see from one end to the other uh, all these ruins, all these excavations, piles of marble and stone. And it's dead. It's a dead place. It's fascinating, but it's dead. But even as you stand there and look at it, you, you realize something, that it isn't quite dead. That there is still life there. In this remnant in this relic. Because like right there built on top of a Roman pagan temple is the church of Saints Cosmos and Damien where they have mass every day. Go down a ways and there's Saint, Saint Francis of Rome, mass every day. Uh, you look up on the Palatine where the Caesar had his palace, there's Saint Bonaventure, mass. Right there in front of you, down at the bottom is the oldest church in Christendom, uh, Santa Maria Antigua, Mass. Right over here, St. Catherine of Miranda, Mass. There, on the top of the, pal or the uh, Capitoline, their, their most sacred hill of ancient times, where they had their largest temple to their greatest god, Mars, built on top of the ruin of that pagan temple now is uh, a church dedicated to Our Lady, uh, Santa Maria or Chile. Mass every day. So there is life in that dead world. The life of uh, the world to come. There is life in that dead kingdom. There is the kingdom of justice, love, and peace. Huh? Why did Rome fail? Because it was founded on arrogance and greed and the lust for power and violence and separation, disunity, conquering, domination, licentiousness, deviance. It collapsed under the, under the dead weight of all those dead things. And here in the gospel is Rome's representative, Pilate, who would have received his marching orders from the Caesar in that very place which is now a dead room. Pilate would have received his commission to go and be procurator of Judea, right there in that form. And going to Judea to rule on behalf of Caesar, that part of the world, part of the world 
a whole world which Rome controlled. So there he is, Caesar's representative, uh, talking to Jesus about the truth, about being a king. So you're a king. And Jesus is like, not so fast. I know what your idea of a king is. And he says, if I was a king like you, or Caesar, I'd be doing what you would do to hold on to your power. I would be killing and warring and subverting and deceiving anything to keep my power. If I was like you, if I was a part of your kingdom, that's what I would do. But I'm not. I am a kingdom that does not belong of this world. Not to say that the kingdom isn't here, it's to say that the kingdom is in this world, but not of it. It isn't a product of the way the world works. It is a kingdom of the mind, of justice, love, truth, peace. It's a kingdom of God. So, what is Jesus telling us? In this collision of worlds, the world's kingdom and the heavenly kingdom, which has come down to the world because God so loved the world, he gave his only son who has given us this kingdom. A collision of kingdoms, a collision of worlds, a world which is passing away, which is dying, or the world which will never end, to which all of us are called to be. Which world do you belong to? That's the question. And we say, I want to belong to both. Don't we want to belong to both worlds, right? I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to be a part of the world and its way of doing things. I want to, I want to be a part of Jesus. And Jesus is like, it doesn't work that way. You can't have it both ways. You can't straddle the fence forever. Make a choice. Decide what world do we belong to. Do we belong to the world of presidents and potentates and the powerful who divide and conquer and base their decisions on, on greed and, and domination, the way the world works? The fallen world, the dying world, the world which is passing away, as John tells us in Revelation. Or are we a part of that world which will never end, a world of justice, love, peace and truth, a truth which doesn't change because by its very nature, truth is eternal. It is an attribute of God. It cannot change. And so when we say, I want it both ways, I want to have my foot in both worlds, what are we saying? I want some hybrid. I want, I want to be a part of this powerful, dominating, uh, disunifying world and receive all its riches and temptations. But at the same time, I want to say, Jesus, I'm with you all the time, all the way, all my life. But that's a hybrid. That's, a, that's a, a mixing, an amalgamation of two worlds which don't mix. How can you take the truth and mix it with something that's not the truth? Because then it's not the truth. We end up with something that isn't what it's supposed to be. Chesterton said, Rome failed because it stopped being what it was called to be, which was a shining city on a hill, a light to the nations. And said it used its power to subvert and divide and disunify and conquer the nations. What world do we belong to? You can't have it both ways. You gotta make a choice, you gotta decide. That's what it's all about. I know it's not easy. 
and we make mistakes. There's parts of everybody's life here, mine included, which haven't been given over to the kingdom of justice, love, and truth, which is for the world. There's a reason why it's called Christ the King and not Christ the President or Christ the Prime Minister. Because okay, presidents and prime minister have to curry favor. They have to secure votes. They have to, they have to appeal to people's particular emotions and feelings in order to receive their favor. They have to change according to the, to the whims and fancies of, of the times in order to be able to have their power. But Jesus, he doesn't change and he's not going to ever change. He's a king and a king demands our total loyalty and submission of intellect and will. Everything we are, everything we have, Everything we're called to be belongs to him. He will not change. We must change to conform to his benevolent kingdom of love, justice, truth, and peace. He's a king, not a president. He doesn't receive our votes. He receives our loyalty and our fidelity. Make a choice. So that forum, those churches that surround it are like an embrace of the world that is passing away a world that is dying, saying, Jesus is coming on the clouds of heaven. And what we offer every single day in this dead place, in this living church, is the Eucharist. Jesus is coming on the clouds of heaven, our King, and given to us in the church and the sacraments and the Eucharist to give us his strength, to give us his life, to give us his way, his truth, so that we can, with his strength then, certainly not ours, kneel down as subjects of the King and place our hands in his hands and swear our oath of loyalty. And not the other way around. One last thing. Speaking of nations and governments, one of the most Catholic of nations in the last century, Mexico, underwent a, a horrible revolution in the 1910s. This Catholic of nation was taken over by atheists, masons, uh, communists. And that government, headed by a president who named his kids Lucifer and Satan, went after the church, killed priests, killed nuns, closed schools, closed hospitals, anything having to do with the kingdom of God, of Jesus. And in that was a young priest by the name of Miguel Augustin Pro. Google him, Miguel Augustin Pro, P-R-O. And he was apprehended, uh, arrested, for, as he was taking communion secretly to a group of people waiting in an apartment. <laughs> arrested, condemned to death. And they said, you know, we're going to film this, and take pictures, so that when, at that moment when he's about to die and starts groveling and crying, we're going to have this great propaganda victory showing how weak is this Christian, how weak is this church, how weak is that kingdom of Jesus. Look at ours. Well, at the moment of death, at the moment the bullets are about to fly, he puts his hands up and, and yells, Vivo Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. You know, as his body was riddled with bullets and he perished as a martyr for the church. Well, that wasn't the narrative that they wanted and that, wasn't, that didn't fit the story they wanted to tell. So they 
destroyed the pictures in the film, they thought, but some of it got out. So if you Google Miguel Agustin Crow, you're going to see that picture. It's a moment a guy's dying, and what is he saying? Christ is king. And I'm in that kingdom. I've made my choice. It's not easy, but he comes on the clouds of heaven today in this mass. And we are subjects of that king. And when we kneel down at that moment, when he appears on this altar, and we fold our hands, he takes our hands and his hands, and we swear our loyalty and our oath to him as he comes into our bodies and takes over our, our hearts and minds and souls and makes us members of that kingdom of justice, love, and peace. Long live Christ the King.